to the grudge. I am Dan Nichols. And I am joined by Beach Bum Brian. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Tim Happy Beard Wesley. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I felt like I would be nice to y'all this week. I appreciate that. I, I just want to point out that being nice to Brian is calling him a beach bum. So It is a compliment. It is a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Tim, let's try this again. What's this week's episode about? We are going to talk about technology that has come from luxury and potentially exotic vehicles into the everyman's ride. Yes. So let's start off with a car that isn't so extravagant, but Volvo came up with the seatbelt, as we know, the three-point seatbelt. They gave away that technology to save lives. That's cool. Um, But that's kind of what we're going to talk about, is that it started with one particular car and kind of filtered its way down into damn near everything. Um, We're talking about simple stuff, too. Yeah, it doesn't have to be outrageously crazy technology. Automatic windows. Right, exactly. So lead us off, Tim. I have no. I, this is a general conversation. Oh, uh, okay. And I have nothing specific, but it, that's a great start, right? So every car up until what, probably, I want to say the mid '90s, um, would have had crank windows, right? Mm-hmm. Then packages or certain levels of cars started to get autos. And I'm fairly certain it was either BMW or Mercedes that had the. I want to say Mercedes. The electric um, windows. Yes, the electric because windows. Because the grocer had it, but they were hydraulic. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I remember commercials, the earliest commercials that I can remember for power windows. That's what they call it, power windows. Power that was windows. the thing. Um, were Mercedes commercials from when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, just so you guys know, self-closing tailgates, not new. The Mercedes grocer had it, and it was hydraulic. It'd take your fucking hand off if you weren't, <laughs> if your hand wasn't <laughs> out of the little gateway of it, it because it came down fast. It came down hard. Yeah. So. So yeah, I just looked up the the first car to ever have power windows, and it was at the Packard in 1940. But again, I'm sure that was like a price point that the average consumer would never get it no. ever. But like in the the mid 90s, though, like. Cars started to, to get them more, and mm-hmm. now you can't really buy a car with manual windows. Right. You'd probably have to go out of your way to buy a consumer-level vehicle. Mm. Consumer, very specific. Like, yeah. yeah, that does not have power windows. Because now that I'm right. thinking about it, like any car that's like set for a track car. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, like has- outside of that kind of thing, um, probably some lines of, of things like like economy or like like, uh, like Ford Transit van yeah. kind of things like they're like work vehicles yeah. may not have as standard but consumer uh, then again but like nowadays, things that are meant for people to do like daily commuting in things like that but then again it, it technology is getting to the point where it may actually be cheaper to have the little electric motor than the metal yeah. to do the crank the crank on it exactly you know? uh, I will say that uh, I had an 89 Camaro um, when my wife and I were dating and my now nephews, I was giving them a ride and, uh, one of them had to sit up front because, well, it was Camaro and he pointed to my window crank and goes, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> he was like eight at the time, but like still it was funny. That's yeah, funny. No, that is- um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. Anyways, um, 
TPMS, the tire pressure monitoring systems. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the federal government back in, I think it was 2005 or 2006, maybe 04, but uh, they stated, they put a law for the U.S. Department of Transportation, uh, put a bill up. It is now law that every car after 2007 had to have a tire pressure monitoring system, okay? Uh, that first was that the first application of that was on the Porsche 959 back in the 80s. So I'm not, no, Tim, because I think TP, he's looking at me like, oh, Porsche. No, no. I think that people should just check the tire pressure. Why is, um, I don't Dude, I love tire pressure monitoring until you have a consistent, like, low pressure. Yeah. Most annoying thing in the well, world. I had, I had uh, on the Chrysler that I had just before uh, like it died, um, no matter what we did, it was always reading that one of my tires was low, even if it wasn't. Did like, tell I you what, which one was low? It was like the back right, uh, the rear tire. Like, oh, it uh, would actually tell you which one? It would, yeah, yeah. Cause, That's pretty cool. Because oh, okay. it, it would say, because it, it'll, it'll tell you like what the pressure is on each one. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, for some, like something in the system was fucked because so, like we took it, yeah. I, I took it to every single, anytime time it would happen. Wait, 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 wait. A Daimler Chrysler product <laughs> had electrical issues i know right <laughs> wow no. so rare so well, rare for that car to have any kind of issue and there there are two types okay just real quick there are two types there's active and passive active actually has a sensor inside the wheel usually on the valve stem um that's what the chrysler had so actually i guarantee you it was that little module inside there it's filled with a like some sort of chemical that reacts under pressure, um, and it there's a harmonic little tuner inside of it that if that was ever so slightly different, it would send a signal saying, hey, something's busted. Um, but then there's also passive. This is the most reliable uh, way of doing it because there is no sensor inside the wheel. The sensors are actually on the hubs or the axles. Um, these use harmonic pitches made by the tires and the wheels, in order to judge what, I don't know exactly how the technology works. I, gonna, I just know that it does work, and these are the parts that make it. work. I was gonna say I w I've always kind of wondered how it works because, like, there's no like cable that's running into the tire. Obviously, yeah. Like, so it, how the fuck does that work? I just it, figured it was like automotive wizardry. You know, it kind of is. It um, uses harmonic pitches and tones to, yeah. It, and it's that's very the kind weird. of shit that a long time ago. Was not right. available on and that, the Porsche 959 in level. 1986. Yeah, had that, and I have That's pretty crazy. I have when it first became like a, a thing in America. Was that Dan will appreciate this? 1997 with the Corvette. Oh, yes, the midlife crisis haver vehicle of choice. Yeah, I mean, come on, a red Corvette. I got one. I like it. I got one. I that, like it. That I'm. I'm a. Huge fan of, but I don't get to use it as much as I'd like to. Ready. AC. Mm. <laughs> we live in Texas, guys. Um, yes. I, Which, how bad is it? Look, Tim has a Prius, and he's spoken to us. I don't know if you brought it up on the podcast, but you're not able to run the AC because the it's too much parasitic drag on the engine, right? The uh, hybrid battery. So right. I th it might just be the battery failing, but who's going to drop five large to... To take care of that, uh, on a no, car that's you. worth two grand. 
It's a bit more, unfortunately. But <laughs> um, so yeah, I can't really use it all the time. I use it as much as I can, but if I know I'm gonna be stuck in heavy traffic, I just open the two front windows. Yeah. Because it will drop the battery readout to um, the lowest. I think I've got it is to two purple bars. Um, <laughs> the uh, the lowest I've ever gotten that car ever was one red bar, and then I didn't know what would happen if the red bar went away. <laughs> so uh, I made a. This is a pretty solid story. So uh, we, me and my wife used to live where it snows, and uh, you really we were on kind of a back street, so they never fully plowed it to the street. They would just plow it where there's not like a huge shit shit ton of snow on it, and uh, it was occasionally like maybe once every two weeks would be an actual plow truck. Otherwise it would be people in the area would just drop their plow and run it. So I came home from work and my wife was like, I'm stuck. And I was like, okay, cool. So I go outside and a plow truck had just dropped their blade and, and ran. And I see that she is parked on about three, I want to maybe about a foot and a half of snow. I want to say it's three feet, but it was like a lot of snow. 17 feet so, of snow uphill both ways. We, we definitely lived on a hill though. Like, <laughs> so she is facing up the hill and on about a foot and a half of snow. So I'm like, okay. I was like, I'll dig her out. So I start digging her out. I get enough dug out where the front and tail are, are clear. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to pull out and do what I need to do. Uh, I get in the car and uh, started up and did not realize because my wife didn't tell me because she was on the phone that she had already tried to get herself out without digging. This is where the first time I see the one red bar on the readout. Ah. And so I panicked. So what I ended up doing is just kind of scooting the car out of the space, yeah. like just rocking it back and forth so I could get out. But then I was going to try to drive up the street and the car had nowhere near enough power to do so. Oh, no. So I just... I'm not gonna lie, just stamp, stamped on the foot brake and not the actual like foot brake, but the foot parking brake. Oh, good. How'd that work? And then? cut the wheel. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, okay. And then just stepped on it again, drove down the street instead of up. There you go. <laughs> then I got the car stuck again, but yeah. snow, snow sucks, guys. So hey, sorry if you have hey. to deal with it regularly. It's the thought that counts, Tim, and yeah. you were trying to help your wife. But so that running AC, that's that's a huge deal here in Texas. Um, yeah. I, it's also important to note that Tim can't use his AC in a black Prius. <laughs> yeah. All the heat. And no tinted windows. It's, so it's pretty great. But like I said, I put the windows down, I'm fine. Get sweaty. Um, you get, it's, it's one of those things that you kind of get used to. Yeah. Look, like, it's as weird as it is, and as much as it does suck, like, you kind of just get used to the fact that you're going to get crazy Jetta, hot. I did not have a vehicle that had a reliable AC system, if it had an AC system at all. Yeah. Ever since that, from that moment forward, I, I I have come to the determination I am too old to drive a vehicle that does not have AC. Yeah. I mean, I for a week, the uh, 92 Accord that me and my wife had, AC went out and we were selling the car. So we were just like, hey, it doesn't have AC. But I drove it around for a week. Holy shit. It was in Arizona. Yeah. It's when a dry in, heat. When I lived in Florida, I drove an F-150 for a little while that did not have AC for like four or five months. And I was driving in pea soup, also yeah. known as Florida weather. Because that was the thing. There, was, there were days where I didn't crack the windows, like because because I would be driving and the heat coming in was, was worse, worse yeah. than like the oven heat that was inside. Like at least like I wasn't breathing in like the, the, the humidity, the heat. It was oh my god. It was, Have you it guys was ever like once or twice that sound? that was the case? But oh my god, it was crazy. Can't. It, Brian makes this sound when he gets too hot. It sounds like he's choking on his own tongue. It is. If, if, I, if I crank the heater on too hot, 
like in the wintertime and it's and it's working really hard, I'll start to like choke on the hot air. So maybe that was the case. That's what was happening. So, um, one of uh, another one that that I noticed, and I I noticed it around the eighties or the nineties. Um, it was probably like something that was in the eighties, very very popular, or like just in the high ends. Um, it's like the automatic seats, like sure. power adjusting power seats. seats. Yeah. Um, I remember that being a huge, huge thing with like luxury cars when I was a kid. Um, specifically ones that had like memory spots where you could like program yeah, like, like just push two different positions one or two. And yeah, yeah. Um, my uncle had, um, I don't remember what the I hell it was. I to say I, that that was a Mercedes. I, it was thing. probably a Mercedes or a BMW. That's why we're talking. Um, came from luxuries. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I remember him showing us that, um, we, we went and visited him in North Carolina <laughs> And like Look he was like automatic check this out. suits. Well, like we, we we like he took us. We went to lunch or something. Just, and I'm, the, like, I'm being an I asshole. Remember, yeah, it's like yeah. nowadays. It's like I'd prefer not to have automatic seats because when yeah. that shit dies, fuck, you're stuck where you right, are. Right, exactly. <laughs> but at the time, we were like, oh man, you know. And it was so the fancy. thing that you play with, just like the windows. Oh yeah. It's like you know, you 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 drop them back on the on the on the seat. You push it back up. You drop it. Put it back up. Um, my car doesn't have automatic seats though. Right now. Uh, it's not something that doesn't come Prius doesn't either. in every car. Ooh. Yeah, um, my, my but it's my definitely car, more common. Yeah, my, my Chrysler car, did. Yeah, my car has it, none of the seats are electric. Good. Um, hey, less it. moving parts, less to go wrong. Yeah, it's less less electronics. Like yeah, mine. I, that makes me think of one for the Prius. Uh, automatic headlights. Yes, the Prius does not have them. It is manual only, and they do yeah. not turn off. And uh, before I replace the twelve volt. Um, that is definitely something that I dealt with more than once. One time, it, the, the the 12 volt died because I left the wipers on and halfway up. Because mm. mm. <laughs> mm. it was still reading them as on, even though there's no power to the car. That's ridiculous. The 12 volt, literally on a Prius, only does one job and it powers the accessories. Right. But it's part of the unit, so it has to be part of the circuit to complete it. And right. That power suck. <laughs> but auto lights are. I've had cars with auto lights. I've. Brand many of a Buick. I had a '91 Buick that had auto lights. Yeah, dude, my '92 Buick had dual climate control. Mm-hmm. You could have the heater cranked on the passenger, which I may or may not have done to Brian. And that's where my <laughs> hot air trauma came from, <laughs> yeah. Dick. So, but um, yeah, auto lights. Fuck, I miss I miss it too, man. Auto wipers too. That was something like that's something you yeah. don't see often anymore. Yeah. And I but wanted I to remember say that, that was a Mercedes thing as well. Most likely, Probably. I I would say a lot of these are coming from Mercedes, BMW, maybe Porsche. But mm-hmm. again, Porsches, as much as they are that luxury vehicle, they still have that like that want to be a race car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're more on the sports car side of things yeah. as right. opposed to with the Mercedes and BMW. Um. So I want to kind of shift gears here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm sorry. That was bad but, even but, by my well, standard. I want to continue because I, I just looked okay. at AC yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, AC was Packard as well. Mm-hmm. But so we're, what we're talking about is not the first car that had this. We're talking about the car that it came from for everybody else, right? Yeah. So it's like it's probably it probably had been in these cars for a while. Mm. And it's a situation where now it's in every car you can buy. Yeah. In the South, there are still cars like entry level cars that they sell up north. Obviously, they don't sell them down here because who would buy it? But up north, they have cars that don't have AC because they don't need it. 
And when you're getting an entry-level car, you're looking for the cheapest deal, right? I'd so maybe Canada, because like I'm from up north, Dan. I will say this: the the two months of summer that Erie, Pennsylvania gets is hot as fuck. Yeah. Uh, I worked at Capital Kia right down the road. I don't even think it's called that anymore. And I don't mind putting them on blast. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So look, um, the, the they new management and everything. I'm. This was back. This was back <laughs> in the late two thousands, early or mid two thousands. There was a misorder, and there was a Kia Sportage on the lot that did not have AC. That car was sold four times. And then the customer came back and went, how do you turn the AC on? And that salesman had to say, oh, it doesn't have it. And Capital Kia, at the time, I don't know if it's still a thing, had a 30-day guarantee. If you didn't like it, you brought it back, no penalties, nothing. So this car was sold three or four times. I, I forget it. But it was a misorder, and that thing sat on the lot until the model year rolled around and they sent it back to Kia. That, and it blew my mind because it didn't even occur to me that cars didn't come with AC still. Yeah. Like if you have a 72 Volkswagen Beetle or (laughs) Porsche, whatever it is, I mean, it, okay, yeah, no, it doesn't have AC. Hell, doesn't even have a heater. But no AC on a car that was built in 2005, 2006? What? And it's like a people carrier. Right. You'd expect that to have the climate control for all the rows. Right. Right, exactly. So, anything else you wanted to say about AC? No, it's crazy. So, just 1940 was when that was first done. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, wouldn't it be be until 69 in which it started to become more prevalent? But, again, we're talking like when it really started trickling down where it was in every car. Right. For sure. So, in 2020, I believe I, I, I'm remembering this correctly. Again, much like TPMS, uh, U.S. Department of Transportation has said that every vehicle sold 20, uh, after 2020 will need to have a backup camera. So, when you see automotive makers on their commercials saying, backup camera as standard. <laughs> Just keep in mind, they're not doing it as a deal. They have to. Always thought that was funny. Same thing with TPMS when they when they were coming out. Uh, included tire pressure monitoring system. Well, yeah, you fucking have to. <laughs> the federal government said that we had to do this, so we included. Yeah, we're not gonna tell you that. Woo. Okay. I'm really con- I'm really kind of concerned of like how they're gonna implement the screen because like uh, aftermarket backup cameras. Uh, usually, you can buy like the display or replacement like rear view mirror that has the display in it the prius does have a backup camera Mm. but it plays it on the display that has the readout right for the car on it so Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where all the most of the infotainment stuff happens right but that's the thing is that how many cars have you seen the infotainment system is just that little digital other than my car which is weird that a 2015 just has that little digital lcd display um most of them now have some sort some of sort screen, of display. right? Yeah. And my wife's only has like it, the the Kia has a backup camera, and really the screen is only like you know what do you consider like 
six inches, seven inches. Yeah. It's, it's it's not probably big. not a large one, but it's, it's not huge. it's large enough for you. It's right. it's still a large enough. Right. Usually touchscreen. It's not a Tesla um, Model X screen. Right. Exactly. Right. It's not an iPad. Um, it's larger. But, it's like twenty some inches. Yeah. Twenty one. When do you guys think that the first? It, it, I will give you a hint. It was a concept car that it first came on. Backup camera. A backup camera. What the fuck? No, I don't. know. I got nothing. Got nothing. Am I, am I guessing what the year? car or the year? Year. The 19... the manufacturer. Ninety. Wrong. Eighty. Wrong. Two thousand. Wrong. Okay. Seventeen eighty. <laughs> Close. Nineteen fifty six Buick Centurion. Really? Really. How the fuck did? T- it it had to have been a tube TV. Of course it did. You know, did and tube TVs like the- used to, like come in luxury cars like little yeah. tiny tube TVs and shit yeah. like mm-hmm. limos. Yeah. Fucking A, dude. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> what I'm wondering is, is that cameras. What the fuck camera did they use? Right. Because Where cameras was it mounted? Were, I have no idea. It's in the trunk, but just the lens is out. Right? <laughs> I have no but idea. Still. I have no clue. Anyways. That's um, crazy. I'm looking. Oh, look. There's the there's the car. I'm showing them a picture right now. Of the oh, car. Dope. It's that is pretty sweet. Uh, it's, it's all the 1950s concept car that you could possibly imagine. Let's right. just say that camera didn't actually fucking work. Right. So later on in 1972, the Volvo Experimental Safety Car had it. Um, I believe this was the car that didn't have a. Uh, Steering wheel, it had a joystick in the center. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. this was the car that had it. Um, which actually, by the way, this car, it's, um, they did tests with it. And they discovered that using the joystick as opposed to the um, steering wheel actually was safer. Because it was just wrist movement, I'd imagine that's the that was the idea. Seventy two, yeah. Uh, this one had a steering wheel, but I know the one you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Then I was wrong. Uh, I looked it up. Not yeah. To look, I wanted to see the cockpit. That's all. However, <laughs> the first production automobile. Any guesses there? Nineteen ninety one. You're right on the year. What's the make? Mercedes. No. The Toyota. The Toyota. Uh-huh. Sorter, huh? Which we would know as the Lexus SC series. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, which what year? Ninety one. Ninety one. Which still would have to be a tube TV, wouldn't it? No, mm. no. They wouldn't have plasma or anything like that. No, 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 no. They like an RCT. Maybe. Yeah, yeah that would have had. Well, to I have guess been it's it. technically like a tube TV. It's the same. Yeah, but, but it's it, flat. Yeah, it would have been flat. Yeah, like obviously. a big flat thing. Right, right, right. Like. Yeah, but yeah, that's where it came from. Um, obviously, on the high end, um, CRT. No, sorry, sorry, not RCT. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, in two thousand and two, the Nissan Primera introduced the rear view monitor backup camera system um, in territories outside Japan and North America, uh, because obviously the Soar was Japanese. Uh, a Japanese a JDM market only. J- Japanese domestic market market. Yes, I said that. Yeah. Which we did get as the Lexus, which makes sense as to why it had a right, backup. Right, but it yeah. didn't come on the Lexus. 
only on the store. On the store? Yeah, yeah. 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 We didn't get it over here, but in 2002, uh, they released it for the rest of the world. Again, getting us back for the bomb, dude. <laughs> Always. Why do you um, think we've never got a cool fucking Japanese car? Right. Have you but, seen Have you seen the new thing now that they're doing with these camera systems? Um, I saw a GMC pickup truck commercial yesterday mm. uh, when I was watching the football game that had a uh, that advertised a 360 degree yeah. camera system. I've yeah. seen this that. is fucking cool. Yeah. So it gives you like an over the top like Bird graphic eye. image yeah. of the of the vehicle, but then it like aggregates. Five different cameras, I think it said, around the vehicle into like a three sixty picture. It might be like eight, like three um, on the front, but it'll it'll show you the side, what's Mm -hmm. like directly in front of you, like on the ground, so like any rocks that your car, like your wheels are about to hit, and then behind you as well, Mm -hmm. so that you can see like when you're off roading. Yeah, like you can see around that you like that, and not have to necessarily have a spotter. Now, obviously, yeah. well, with I, cameras, it's a two-dimensional image. You don't right, quite but know, but it's still. enough. It's enough to be like if you are driving on a road that's like on the edge of mm. a cliff, you'll be able to see how close you are to the edge there. If you're trying to like or drive if you're through, trying to parallel uh, park your fifteen hundred pre- downtown Austin, yeah, like that kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, like this kind of stuff is like just the standard backup camera is standard. And I really think that in the next 10, 15 years, you're going to see that being what's standard on all the vehicles. It's, it's very real. It's very real possible. A lot of cars are adding more cameras as well. Um, not just backup, but other park assist cameras for like directly. So it's like the, uh, wing mirror facing Mm -hmm. down. So you can see like literally, am I in the space? Am I in the lines? Yeah. Yeah. I need that. I just, I just remembered one thing. Um, the automatic uh, high beams. Yeah. Do you oh, guys yeah, yeah, know yeah. what car that first came on? No. Cadillac DeVille. Back in 1956, I want to say. Like the big wing. And it was an option. And it was this, you know how like everything looked super space age and everything? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like this little thing that came out the center of the dash and it looked like a comet almost. It like came to a point facing back towards the passengers so that way if you got into an accident you didn't hit the dashboard you hit the metal spike um and then on the front it basically had a much like it is today just had a little element that reacts to the light and if the light was coming at you it would turn off the high beams and turn up but i think that it was fitted to maybe a thousand, two thousand of the Cadillac DeVille's that were sold. Because yeah. um, could you imagine how much that tech cost back then? God, yeah. So Speaking of tech, speaking mm. of backup cameras uh, and kind of transitioning a little bit, uh, infotainment, right? So uh, infotainment yeah. to me is a really big deal. Um, I think it's awesome that we are like collectively the automotive manufacturers are going away from using their own or the shitty ones that are just God, in, yes. have been in cars, mm-hmm. like the CD deck that used to be a tape deck, that used to be an 8-track deck. You guys remember the uh, the Camaro has it, the six-disc CD oh, changer yeah. like in the, the changer trunk? in the trunk? Yep. Yep. Yeah, the Camaro has it. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, what the? Anyways. Dude, retro tech, I will never use one of those. I've, oh, no. I, my, Who my, has CDs? My phone mount is in the CD player, like in the CD slot. Like that's where I chose to, because like I've had so many of them fall off the windshield. Mm-hmm. It's got a textured dash, so you can't put yeah. anything there. But what I'm talking about specifically is like 
that going away, like you having to use your phone for that. Yeah. Um, to the largest kind of smartphone manufacturers and like operating system in the world have branched out into infotainment mm. where you connect your phone up and you can just use your phone's features on the built-in display. And yeah. a lot of car manufacturers are using that mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, uh, Ford Sync. One of my wife's friends just got a brand new uh, Honda CRV. It's exactly that. Yep. It's basically does just it give, mirrors. Does it give both options? Because I that's, don't know. That's I've never the been important in, thing to me. I've never messed with it enough to. Uh, I've never been in her car enough to actually like you know know that. But all I know is that she had it set up that she gets into the car, and then it's like an iPhone just in the. Bit, that's what I was gonna say. Dash. Like, is it is it essentially like screen mirrored yeah, touch screen? Kind of, kind of the same. So kind of, it has its own interface. Yeah. And it will provide specific options that are related to the car. So you're not going to see your whole device. You'll yeah. see the things that are available, just like the watch, right? So the watch is only going to show you like certain things because it doesn't have everything. Yeah, it's not going to show you like Candy Crush. But it's going to allow you but to... But like, all, like, all your like Spotify apps, yes. mm-hmm. music apps, things like that, YouTube. And she also apps, has a like setup, that, and this may be dangerous, but she has it. That when a text message comes in, it, it goes bring and it reads the text message. It's pretty standard. Yeah. Like out loud or displays out loud. It? You can do both. Yeah, that's. I would think that's safer. Oh yeah. That it sexy reads it text, to you. Is sexy text messages coming in from your girlfriend while all your buddies are in the car? Bro, <laughs> I, just, I mean, you got to be smart. I mean that, that's that's common what sense. Right? I think common. I, I think Tim. Dan. I think Dan's like showing his hand here. I think it's, I think it's more dangerous to have like. Sexy text from your girlfriend come in while your wife's in the car. <laughs> but I, it's a big deal. And like the that's going to be another like first mod of any car that I get is like I will be sourcing mm. one of those units. Because not only are they coming standard, but the first places they started coming out were from manufacturers like JVC, yep. Sony. Um, those ones offering like double din with the drop down display, so you still have like CD player and stuff. I don't know if like the the ones that come that ship in cars have the CD player option, just because it's that physical media is going away. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't even have a CD player in mine. No shit. Like I don't think it even has a disc slot. Mine does. I can count one time that I put a CD in. Um, it was because my wife got a free CD from somewhere. Um, but it was of a band that she likes, and we listened to it. It might still be in there. Dude, I and swear I, to God. I, I put it in when it was brand new, so it might be melted in there. If I yeah. if I bought a CD from like a band I was seeing, I would immediately then search them online, and the, the streaming service that I use allows you to upload music. I think both the biggest one, though, to Spotify? No. Okay. Uh, and it, Spotify does let you download to a device. No, I'm talking specifically right, about uploading like, to your like account on the service. No. Yeah, no. So the two big ones do that, and that's pretty cool because yeah. I have tons of shit to the service I use that yeah. doesn't exist anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Before we wrap up, um, one question for you guys. What do you guys think is something that's only found on like high-end luxury cars right now that's going to be standard in the next 10, 15 years? So... It's not necessarily on just high-end cars, but it is on. It is a very premium sort of thing, and that's going to be energy recovery systems. Um, now, granted, like top-end Mazdas have them right now, but the 
energy recovery system, uh, it, look, with, with uh, you know, uh, this concern over, you know, reliance on oil and all of that, it makes sense using energy that the car would normally just dissipate into nothing, to heat, to whatever, and recovering some of that energy to propel it forward or backwards, whichever. Um, I think that's a, I think that's what's going to be, I would say within 20 years on damn near every car, maybe not some entry levels, but it, every, it'll be there. Every hybrid's doing that in some yeah. aspect. So I mean, a, a hybrids do it because they've got electric motors and basically all you have to do is switch polarity and it'll bring in power. Yeah. Um, mine, I honestly think that the self park is going to be, cause it's in a ton of cars right now, but I feel like it's going to be an every car deal. Uh, cause it's in a shit ton of like consumer cars right now, but they're usually the high end version of like yeah. the Jetta. That one's been around for a little while longer. I'm surprised it hasn't crept into the more mid level, but yeah, I think you're right. I That's what I was going to say. I think the reason that it hasn't is because software and hardware hasn't been able to catch up to do that in a reliable way. And so, now we have more tech, more reliable sure. tech. That can run that process. So that one's that one's weird because it's not it's not the automated thing. Like that's not the autonomous driving at all because mm-hmm. it is solely sensor based and like the the calibration for that is gonna be for distance. Right. So like once the sensor hits that specific distance, the car will stop. But where like when it gets more to the other, I, like, and I'm not really excited for this because I don't think they've solved the fucking two people in a train. Like, look that up. Oh, no, I have. Yes. Okay. So the autonomous driving thing. Right, like, right, right, I took right. Brian, so we might as well. But the, I think, I think a, like an autonomous mode would be interesting, but there's just too much there to unpack to make it a viable option for anything outside of the meager amount of Teslas that are being sold. I have a theory on that. Maybe that'll be an episode for another time. But until that do you time. Had, do you have another one, Brian? Or? That was like self park. No, that was it. Self-park. I think self park. I was thinking the cameras that I had talked earlier yeah. to. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm excited to see what they'll come up with. But until next time, I am Dan Nichols. <laughs> I'm Brian Sanchez. I'm Tim Wesley. Now get out my grudge.